0: Welcome to another episode of Brew Roots. The podcast that tells you the stories behind your favorite beers.
1: And I'm sure most of us have tried some variation of a beer with the Cascade Hop in it, but the Cascade Hop laid the foundation for the American IPA.
0: In-depth interviews. I mean, it was it was a pretty cool, pretty humbling experience for us to say, I made that, yeah. you know, and to, to take it out and have people go, wow, this stuff's really, really good and keeping you up to date on what's happening in the craft beer world. And now on to the episode. Cheers. Cheers. We do it all for the grams.
1: All for the grams. Welcome to another episode of Brew Roots. Hey,
0: Emily. How are you today?
1: I'm good, Matt. How are you?
0: Congratulations on episode two. You made it.
1: Thank you. Congratulations on one year of Brew Roots. (laughs) Thank you so
0: much. Yeah. So we just had our, we're celebrating our one year. This is pretty exciting. I can't even believe it. Yeah, I can't believe one year ago we interviewed uh, Smutty Nose, and uh, it's kind of been just uh, all up and up from there. So, uh, yeah, Uh, thank you for everyone that's listened and stayed on from the beginning, and thank you to the new listeners.
1: I know, I'm excited about our new listeners. Yes.
0: So Emily, before we start, what are we drinking tonight?
1: So tonight we're drinking the Damsel No Distress, which is a Belgian-style Super Session IPA. And this is brought to us by the Pink Boots Society. In so
0: collaboration with 603 Brewery.
1: Mm-hmm. So let me just tell you quickly about the Pink Boots Society, because this is near and dear. Uh, they are the female movers and shakers in the beer industry. And they say, we get the beer brewed and fermented with the highest possible qualities. We also own breweries, package the beer, design beers, serve beers, write about beers, and cover just about any aspect of beers. And they are all women. Most importantly, they teach each other about what they know through their own seminar programs and help each other advance their beer careers by raising money for educational scholarships. And apparently, Pink Boots is actually an acronym. Yeah. So it stands for passion, integrity and inspiration, networking, knowledge, beer and brewing, opportunity, open exchange of ideas, teach and success. Now, I wonder if that came before or after they decided on Pink Boots.
0: But I would like to think that it came... Before. before yeah i would like that'd be and they're genius like, oh my gosh but you know it's pairing perfectly well with uh damsel no distress from 603 and pink Boot society
1: well i know but why don't you tell our uh, listeners oh you know
0: it's a handful of hut and sweet nuts <laughs> from our friends at little bird's kitchen so thank you so much for sending them they had to send us a second package of this because my dad ate papa denaro yeah he ate them all which was hilarious but uh they're pretty good, Emily. You want to try one?
1: Honestly, what is it with dads and nuts, though?
0: Uh, <laughs> I just think the you age and then a you little ASMR. Yeah.
1: Mmm. Ooh. It's
0: like a sweet and spicy kind of sensation in your mouth, and then it's it's sitting in the back of my throat right now.
1: Hmm. I'm gonna wash it down with some IPA. Cool. Very good.
0: So this week's episode is not going to be featuring a interview. So if you're listening for the first time, we do interviews, and we do. Case studies now. So mm-hmm. you might have heard some past episodes where we strictly did interviews and witty banter and blah, 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 blah. So right now we're, we are focusing on doing some case studies, and that's set up our next week's interview.
1: Yep. So this week we're going to talk about everybody's favorite.
0: IPAs. But before we do that, Emily...
1: Oh, I've got I've got a good fun fact for you guys Ooh. this week. Um, so I'm going to talk about Dogfish Head a little bit later, but I did want to just bring up the fact that, I mean... Dogfish Head like what the heck is that name (laughs) right (laughs) so I looked up where the name comes from Um, you guys probably know of Dogfish Head they're pretty well known for their 90 minute IPA that's a pretty heavy one delicious Uh, comes in these beautiful amber bottles and it's got this kind of like old school label but their logo is this little shark and um, I guess uh, the whole story behind that little shark is that the founder of dogfish head actually grew up on southport island which is off the coast of maine and i guess the lobstermen out on southport island would put out their traps and usually end up catching a lot more of what we call a dogfish than actual lobster so dogfish are this really small shark they are technically a real shark um and they ended up having to just throw them back but that's where the that's where the brewery gets its name it's a Whoa. little homage to where he grew up. It is
0: funny. Like, I just always thought it was a shark. I mean, yes, a dogfish is a shark, but I was like, oh, I wonder why it's named dogfish.
1: Honestly, I thought it was just some kind of, like, weird hippie mishmash of, yeah. like, funny, like, animals, but really cool.
0: So, on this day, Emily, in beer history. Mm, what happened? The feast day of St. Florian, who was renowned for saving the city of Nuremberg, Germany, had a huge fire. Mm. Uh, so, the entire city was threatened with being consumed by the... The flames. Um, it was then that Saint Florian induced the heavens into the extinguishing. <laughs> this is so <laughs> ridiculous. It oh was God. then that Saint Florian induced the heavens into a- extinguishing the, blame the blaze <laughs> with a rainstorm of beer. His feast day is celebrated in the city each year on the fourth of May. May also, the fourth be with you. May the fourth <laughs> be
1: with you. I know Matt's a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
0: Uh so, yeah, so thanks to uh, you know, St. Florian, he saved the city of Nuremberg by uh raining beer down on uh good old Nuremberg, Germany.
1: Right, but I mean, you really think that happened?
0: The only rains I bless is down in Africa. <laughs>
1: God. Terrible. That was such a dad joke. Yep. <laughs> you're right. Oh man.
0: So this week we decided we're going to do a case study. And um
1: Let's take it away.
0: Let's take it away. The year is 1760.
1: The British have colonized India.
0: Some of the monarchs, some of the well-known, and the wealthy have already started to move there.
1: Yeah, the elites, they're making their homes. The one-percenters. Ugh. Sigh.
0: There was no occupa- uh, <laughs> Occupy India, <laughs> was there? <laughs>
1: So the elites have moved there and obviously they're getting goods shipped to them from their homeland and one of these goods is beer. But unfortunately, the beer is arriving and it's nasty. It's spoiled. spoiled. The climate is too hot. The journey is too long and they need to figure out a solution. Mm -hmm. And
0: as more and more people go there, it's becoming more and more of a problem. More and more beer is being in demand. So what was their solution?
1: So the, uh, let's call them the the beer folk up in Great Britain, decided to take what was already in the beer, which was hops. Mm -hmm. We all know what hops are. Um, But there was only a really small amount in there, just for a little bit of flavor, a little bitterness. But they decided to just pack it with hops and use the hops as a preservative.
0: That's right. So the pale ale that they were brewing was mostly brewed with uh, malt. And it was more produced by smoking and roasting of barley in the malting process. And then it was a paler beer. So that's why they called it a pale ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was spoiling, as you said. And their solution was
1: hops. To add tons of hops. So another interesting thing to point out is that I think it's a common myth that, you know, the reason why... IPAs didn't spoil on this long journey is because of their high alcohol content, but that's not true. Uh, the alcohol content was like pretty standard; it was between five and six percent. Like Myth, but we know today, yeah. Uh, so it, it wasn't the alcohol that was keeping it from spoiling; it really was the hops. Yeah.
0: and it's funny actually. Beer that was sold domestically in Britain was actually less hoppy.
1: Right, it didn't need to be hopped at all. That's correct. Until we grew up taste for it we realized oh this actually adds a lot of interesting flavor and complexity <laughs> and you know so you know let's fast forward maybe 50 years or so yeah. or in the 1800s and
0: yeah so this style was continuously brewed but it wasn't you know labeled as ipa or bitter beer or whatever it was just brewed and people enjoyed it but in 1835 liverpool mercury coined the phrase india pale Ale.
1: So we fast forward a little bit, and we're in 1878 now, and this is when the Ballantine IPA is the first IPA brewed in the U.S., and it was brewed in Newark, New Jersey. It was aged in wood, lavishly hopped, and it's one of America's earliest examples of the IPA. So
0: almost 100 years go by, and the IPA has kind of remained the same. It's that very, you know, piney, bitter IPA. Uh, six seven percent like we said
1: but now we're in 1972 and oregon state has this usda breeding program and they release what's called the cascade hop so a little bit about the cascade hop it's kind of grapefruity a little bit floral and i'm sure most of us have tried some variation of a beer with the cascade hop in it but The Cascade hop laid the foundation for the American IPA.
0: Yeah, so ones that you might have heard of is Liberty Ale from Anchor Brewing, which commemorated Paul Revere's ride at the Bicentennial. Uh, So this was solely hopped with Cascade, and uh, Liberty is America's first modern IPA. So we call a modern IPA anything brewed with Cascade hops.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love Anchor Brewing, and I love their packaging especially. I love that kind of old-school logo and like the fat bottles, so... I mean, this is really cool, um, especially because Paul Revere's ride took place in like our backyard, yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> so they
0: still weren't actually calling it an IPA right. until about 1983, when Burt Grant's Yakima Brewing and Malting Company... Yakima, yeah, Yakima. I could say that literally all day, releases the first beer to be labeled IPA in the Cascade era.
1: Um, can I just say... A Shou- quick uh, sidebar about Yakima. So there's this episode of Drake and Josh where Drake gets a foreign girlfriend and she says that she's from this country called Yakima. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> Somebody, please message me on Instagram or Twitter. If you have seen this episode, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. That's right. Anyway, Drake and Josh <laughs> is the best. Uh, so let's fast forward a little bit further. So yeah, so we
0: have IPA's winning awards at uh, the Great American Beer Festival. We got double IPAs being brewed. We have West Coast and East Coast IPAs, New England style IPAs. They're getting brewed. stronger. We got stronger ones. Dogfish, dog, <laughs> dog, fish head, which dog you dog mentioned, fish head. which you mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah, in 2003, they debuted their uh, 120 minute IPA, which is between 15 and 20 percent alcohol. Like I shudder even saying that. And
0: a lot of these are still being brewed with yeah. Cascade hops. Now, in 2009, which if you think about it. From 1975 to 2009, the IPA didn't really change.
1: Yeah. I mean, we only introduced the Cascade Hop. Yep. I mean, that was cool. But, like, it was time for some innovation.
0: So we got the Citra Hop, which is now, you know, it has profile, a taste profile of papaya, lychee, mango, and citrus, which kind of shifts the IPA from a citric citric bitterness and more towards, like, tropical fruitiness. Yeah. And, uh, You know who really helped out with that? Sierra Nevada with Torpedo.
1: Yeah. Love the Torpedo. That used to be my Mm go-to.
0: Now, what was happening is we were getting more IPAs that were a little bit more stronger. And what Founders Brewing did in 2010, just a year later, they adapted and they made a widely distributed Session IPA. We're actually drinking a Session right now from 603.
1: And what's a Session?
0: So, a Session is an easily crushable beer, (laughs) meaning that you can drink many of them. They're usually anywhere between four to six percent
1: that's awesome and me yeah me and matt are crushing a 3.8 percent right now Mm -hmm. so we're good and sober that's right
0: (laughs) so uh then you get you know the heady toppers you get the you know the really new england style ipas the west coast IPAs, the ones that are really you know fruity bitter delicious juicy
1: But then in 2012, which is the year I graduated high school for a little perspective, I mean, this was pretty recent, we've got the release of Of the the Mosaic. Mosaic hops are also a little bit fruity, a little floral, kind of tropical. But also, I mean, most of our listeners have probably tried some variation of a beer with Mosaic hops in them.
0: That's great. So uh, after that, you know, we got beers such as Grapefruit Sculpin. Which is Ugh, a citrus-infused, you know, variant of an IPA, um, and that's kind of that kind of helped ignite us into the craze of the fruited IPAs. Mm-hmm. So uh, today we have both sour and milkshake IPAs, and that kind of expands the style even further.
1: I mean, that's crazy because that was only two years ago. Yeah,
0: that's kind of a testament to the IPA. You think about it, right? For the first two hundred years, it really didn't change. And then it was s- so functional. Yes. You know? It was just, you know, people drank the beer because they.
1: Because it's like it tastes a little different than what we're used yep. to, but mainly like it just lasts a little bit and longer. it's better than the water. You can ship yes. it around the world. Yep. Yeah. It's better than water.
0: Yes. And so, you know, it really the horizon of it changed in the 70s uh, with the, the Cascade. So what we call the Cascade, the, you know, the. Well, we we'll, say like the original it's like the, the founding fathers of IPA. And then we have the, uh, you know, the, the Cascade really built what we have today. So, that's, like, the I think the Cascade hops is, like, the, the grandfather of IPAs that we know today.
1: Right. The American IPAs, yes. at least. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've done so much in the past even 10 years with IPAs. It's incredible. And I'm so grateful that it's happened in our lifetime. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's just, it's crazy to think that since, like, what? 1975 so we're looking at 25 plus 18 so we're we're do the math for me right now
1: come <laughs> on 43
0: 43 <laughs> so we're thinking in the last 43 years how much the ipa grew and how
1: little it grew in 200 years it's almost like <laughs> we're kind of like the term is losing its meaning because i mean we need a new word
0: yeah So it's really cool. The IPA is really out there for everyone. I truthfully think with all the different varieties, we have, you know, the old school, bitter, citric IPA. We got a more floral IPA. We have a more fruity, a more juicy, hazy,
1: sour, milkshake. What else? What's next? I mean, we tried a milkshake IPA last week that was so good. What was it? Who was that by? That's by Riverbend in Oregon. Mm. And,
0: uh, you know, they have.
1: They had some cool packaging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have some uh, fun facts for you guys this week. Um, so I just want to talk more about IPAs, really. So one thing that's really cool about hops is the fact that <laughs> similar to the cannabis plant, uh, mm-hmm. they, they have a male and a female variety. variety. And the the variety that we use in beer is actually the female Um Interesting. So, we is there a
0: reason why does it have to do with like the cones or anything? Or,
1: well, I guess the cones from the female plant are used in the in the breeding process, but the male hop cones are basically just used for breeding the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is because the female cones are maybe more fragrant, more potent. Potentially, they probably just grow differently. Um, but I would love to hear from our listeners if you guys, if anybody brews at home and orders their hops or, or buys their hops from a supplier and you have more information about the male versus female distinction and, and why we use female, uh, I'd love to hear from you. That would be really cool. Yeah.
0: I just like the style of IPA, right? You think of it, how much innovation it's kind of lent to the the brewing industry so like brewers kind of are taking a jump into uncharted waters using hops and, gr- and grain and yeast that they might never have used before so now it's literally it's such a diverse beer
1: truly that's i mean that's why i said it's almost like that the term ipa is like losing its oh yeah. meaning because oh yeah. it's just expanded so much i mean really it's just a pale ale with hops right
0: or is it <laughs> Yeah, so if you guys are are drinking any IPAs and you think we should try them, by all means, please send them to us. Send us a DM. Yeah.
1: I mean, what I'd really like to do is a little live tasting of some different IPAs. And what I really want is to bring the different alcohol contents, different kinds of hops, different flavor profiles, and especially different breweries. You know, everybody's had the Torpedo. Everybody's had the Dogfish Head. I want to try something a little bit more esoteric.
0: I really want to do is try a New England style IPA from a West Coast brewery and a West Coast IPA from a New England brewery and compare and see which one's like a blind taste test to see which one we like.
1: Mm. better. Yeah, I think we're going to be doing a blind taste test later in May um, in honor of the National Celiac Awareness Month. So maybe an IPA will get worked into that, too. I'm going to have Matt blind taste test some some gluten-free beers versus regular and he's going to have to tell me whether he you know which one he thinks is gluten-free and we'll see if really there is a difference in taste
0: yes so let's hype up next week's episode Mm. we have uh todd mott from tributary brewing and uh todd's got an interesting backstory i'm not going to say too much but he invented harpoon ipa believe it or not
1: get out yeah so it's (laughs) it's appropriate so we (laughs)
0: set you guys up for uh ipa so now you are an expert i hope so well and uh, you know i think you have the. we gave you like the too long didn't read version of an ipa there's so much yeah there's so much in in the background
1: and i want to hear from you guys you know tweet me or send me a post on instagram about what your favorite ipa is and why um, I'd also be really interested to hear from anyone who's trying some really strong double IPAs and what your opinions are on them because I've just struggled in the past with those really, really heavy ones that are like 15%. It's like drinking a heavy like glass of wine the way that you feel afterwards. So I tried one called Cosmic Distortion last week. It's a double IPA, but it's very low alcohol content for a dub IPA. You would expect it to be at least like 8%, and this was like 55 And I really, really enjoyed it. So, I was like, oh, there are other options. I can still drink a double IPA and I'm not going to be, like, wasted. So, I'd love to hear from you guys if you've got any suggestions.
0: Absolutely. So, we can be found on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just look up Brew Roots. um, At Roots on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com. Forward slash Brew Roots. And always our very, very, very public email. Info at BrewRoots.com. Please, any... feedback suggestions or if you just want to say like you guys suck (laughs) (laughs) by all means just tell us we want to improve and we want to get better because uh
1: be nice though yeah be nice but ask questions because we're going to be reading uh listener submitted questions on the next podcast and we'll be happy to answer your questions do a little research on your behalf and tell you a little bit more about beer uh, so you don't have to go and find out for yourself and um, we would also love to hear your suggestions. I mean, not just the double IPAs, but any any kind of beer that you want us to try. We'll taste it on the air. We'll let you know what it tastes like, so you don't have to go out and buy it and then hate it. Uh, we'll do that for you. Yeah, we'll most
0: likely say it's good.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's five stars. Five yes. stars. Everything is five stars.
0: So I'm just kidding. Without further ado, I'm gonna go to bed.
1: <laughs> Same.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> enjoy your Friday night. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, let us know what you're drinking. And uh stay safe.
1: And if you're not already subscribed to Brewroots, why are you listening to this right now? How are Go you and hit to that subscribe button. Slam. Slam Smash it. Smash that subscribe. Yes, please. Thanks everybody for listening to Brew Roots. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. Cheers.